0: It's caused dissension, started wars, and divided peoples. Since the start of humanity, we have never known a world without it. Mankind has always felt the need to try and get right with God and turn to religion for the answers. But what if being right with God wasn't about practices and rituals? Join us for this exciting new series as we explore these questions. Today we're in a series on religion. Today is part three of this series, and it is not about religions, not about world religions. It's about the idea and the concept of religion. In every series that I preach, I hope that I could say, when we finish a series, you will be better off than you were at the beginning. You will have changed throughout that. I think I would love for that to be true all the time. But for this series in particular, we went so far as to actually write a goal and say, here is our goal for how we want to be different at the end of the four parts of this series. And so every week when I read it, some of you are feverishly writing as fast as you can to try to get it down in your notes. And I I realized I wasn't helping because I say it very fast and then we move on. So today I'm going to put it on the screen for you. Here is what we want to do every single one of us over these four weeks. We want to seek out and destroy any religious behavior or belief that causes death so that we can discover and embrace the grace of God that produces life. We want to kill whatever is religious that is killing us so that we can get life through the grace of God. Now, here's the thing that we know about religion. Yes, religion kills, but what we're going to talk about today is that religion does kill, but not just us. It turns out religious is, religion is killing people around us as well. You see, we know when it comes to any religious system whatsoever, whichever one you pick on, there are people on the inside and there are people on the outside. Is that true? I mean, just think about a religion. Are there people that are in it, people that follow, and then people who do not? And we would like to say with Christianity that we're the easy ones, that, that we've kind of, if anyone doesn't want to, to be a part of what we're doing that they have chosen to reject. We would say things like, we've opened our doors. Uh, every weekend our doors are open all over the world. People can just come in freely that, that we, we don't have certain uh, membership requirements or whatever. We would say that we've been very inviting. But some surveys and studies of people who are not Christians would say otherwise. We would say the only reason people are not Christians, as is, is easy as we make it, is they must disagree with what we believe or they must just reject God altogether. But the surveys and studies actually say that they don't disagree very much with what we believe, and they don't really have a problem with God. They have a problem with us. They don't like the way that Christians treat them. Some of you are nodding, which means you've already kind of encountered what is going on. Now, if we would say, I, I think I'm incredibly kind and, and-, and reaching out towards non-Christians, and-, and I'm not sure where that would come from. Which, by the way, if you wouldn't say that, I'm concerned about you. I mean, if you could already say, yeah, I'd treat them like dirt. You know, I mean, everybody, I'm just a jerk. Okay, I understand why they don't like me. I mean, you got another issue there. I'm sure we've got lots of sermons online to help that. So I'm pretty sure every single one of us would go, I, I think I'm, I'm treating people as well as I can. I don't understand the problem. And yet they are saying we're the reason they don't want to be on the inside. There's obviously a disconnect, a different perspective. That's what we want to talk about today. And so what I think is happening is something that everyone becomes blind to, even the best of us, so don't get offended when I say this, but religion changes how we see and treat others. Religion changes how we see and treat others. Now, the good news for you and me is this is not a new thing. We didn't invent it. We're not the bad people, the you know, first ones in history that made this. Um, matter of fact, I'm going to share with you that this, this has been going on for a long time by sharing with you a parable that Jesus taught doing the exact same point, saying, look, Religious people change how they treat other people. So if you've got your Bibles, we're in Luke 18, 9. If not, it's on the screen right behind me. And so Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. And I want to pause right there because we've already defined that, haven't we? Who is someone who trusts in themselves that they are righteous? Righteous means that you're right with God. If you trust in yourself that you're right with God, it means you think the way you act, the amount of money you give, The number of times you go to church, what you eat or what you don't eat makes you right with God. You think that you are going to be the answer for making you right with God. What is that? Religion. And so this is a very religious person. So if we could paraphrase this parable by shortening that sentence, it would go like this. Jesus told this parable about a religious person and how he treated others with contempt. There we go. The minute you become religious, you might change how you treat other people. So let's check out what happened. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. We've also defined over the course of the series, a Pharisee is one of the best religious rule followers. So this person thinks they've got it all figured out. And so the Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus, God, I thank you. That I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or, or even like this tax collector. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breath saying, "God, be merciful to me, a sinner." Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Now, look, it's easy for you and I as we're looking at this story to see how absolutely ridiculous it is the way the Pharisee acted. Because first of all, it's a story. And second of all, it's a story of extremes, right? But as we think about this guy and we look at how arrogant he is and how critical he is and how judgmental he is, can we just for one minute step into his shoes? I mean, after all, he was of the day, the good church going guy. And as of 2016, we're the good church going folks. So let's step into his shoes. Here's what I think his opinion of this would be. Arrogant? I don't think I'm arrogant. Didn't you hear me say, God, I thank you. I'm just thankful to God that I've I've turned out well. And I think it's a good thing that I'm not extortioning. Is that a verb that I'm stealing from people and 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 taking things and i think it's a good thing that i'm not an adulterer i think it's a good thing that i fast and 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 tithe like like uh, what what's wrong with me what what's wrong with that and that that tax collector over there i mean okay i get it that he knows he's a sinner but that only goes so far he should do something about being a sinner and be a little more like me if we put ourselves in his shoes we might discover his shoes fit a little too well It's clear he's being religious, but here's the problem. Religion is any time we come up with a way to make God happy. We said this earlier in the series. It is man's effort, any effort that we come up with to, to earn God's acceptance. And I want you to see what happens. Anywhere you have religion, you will have legalism. And anywhere you have legalism, you will have judgment. You follow that? Anywhere you have religion, you'll have legalism. Anywhere you have legalism, you have judgment. Let me tell you why, okay? So religion is when we build a system to make God happy with us. Legalism says this, everyone needs to follow the same rules, and they need to do it perfectly. How dare you not follow that rule? How dare you not follow that rule? Everyone needs to follow the same rules, and they need to do it perfectly. That's what legalism says. And as soon as you have that, then here's judgment. It says, That person doesn't follow the rules as well as I do. Everybody needs to follow the rules and do it perfectly. And if you look over there, you'll see someone. They don't do it quite as well as I do. That's judgment. So if we're not careful, we'll become just like the Pharisee. We'll show up at worship and we will see how good we think we are and we'll see how good we think others are not. And, and I know this is kind of a, a tough message, but if you'll go along with me here, let's be honest with ourselves. We show up and we know how good we think we are. I mean, if you had to defend yourself right now before God, think of the things you would say. Uh, I haven't killed anybody in the last week. Okay, last month. All right, you're doing even better. I've never killed anybody at all. Oh, I'm really doing well now. I haven't lied in the last week. Hey, my tax return for the, at least the last couple of years, it was straightforward and honest. I mean, we would say all of the things about how good we think we are. And since those things already exist inside of us, it's easy for us to look at other people and see how good we think they're not. Once religion changes how we see others, it will always change how we treat others. Once it changes how we see, it will change how we treat. And I want to tell you three things that I think progressively happen as we treat other people differently. The first one is this. We will become judgmental. We become judgmental. And, and, and we don't mean to, it just happens. It's kind of automatic. If you back up and understand, religion says create a set of standards and rules. And, and this is what we're trying to do. God will be happy with us if we create this set of standards and rules. Well, as soon as you create a standard, what do you do? You meet the standard. And when you meet the standard, then you look at other people and say, they don't. And let's be honest, nobody here is a perfectionist, right? Well, maybe a couple of you are. Anybody in here, like you got a 99 on the test, you were upset? Yeah, okay, you're the perfectionist. I was one too. All right, but some of us, when I say you meet the standard, that doesn't mean you meet it perfectly. Some of you are like good A-minus people. Like, yep. How about B-plus? got B-plus people? Who are my C people? Like, just let me out of here in 12 years. Yeah, there we go. Like, that's good enough for me. Okay, and we do that with religion too. We're like, all right, I know I read it and read my Bible for an hour, but I read it for 10 minutes. Okay, I know I didn't read my Bible, but I did listen to a verse on my phone. I actually, I was talking to, to somebody this week, and they said, well, I said, how you doing reading your Bible? And they're like, well, does the verse of the day on Instagram count? You know, so it's like, we try. We're like, we're, we're like doing our best. We're like, well, I'm, I'm a C person. I'm getting by there. And so it doesn't matter. The point is you look around the room and you go, all right, I'm a C person. But you, you are enough. You don't meet the standard. And each of us decides which, which part is okay to not do, right? You know, we see people, right? We, okay, not an A+. Plus, so I'm going to skip this, and you can skip that, but you won't skip that. And we become very judgmental. Here's the problem. Judgment is based on observation of behavior, not transformation of the heart. And we already covered that in one of the other parts, if you need to go back and catch that. It's all about transformation of the heart. So, when we start to make it again about observing someone's behavior, we've missed the point. And all we're doing is making religion great. Judgment is based on the observation of behavior, not on transformation of the heart. So, here's our first truth our judgment drives away others. Our judgment drives away others. Second thing that happens is we separate ourselves, we separate ourselves from those who don't see us as safe or or that we see as safe or as religious when we look at other people and see them as different. But once again, not to beat you up, you didn't invent this either. Matter of fact, one of the disciples got caught doing this very thing. And so here's a a sentence from one of the disciples. His name was John, and he went and told Jesus what he did. And he said this, John said to him, teacher, Jesus, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. I mean, if y'all don't read the Bible as funny as I do, let me paraphrase that for you. John says, oh, you see that guy over there? He's like casting the devil out of people and making them healed and whole and healthy. I can't believe it. He doesn't have one of our church t-shirts on. We better get over there and tell him, if you're not wearing one of our t-shirts, you better quit. You leave the devil in those people because you're not in our club. That's exactly what he did. And we do that today too. Matter of fact, we're like, we go down to see somebody wearing one of our t-shirts. We're like, where'd you get that thing? Because you don't come to our... Somebody took the T-shirts to Goodwill. How dare they? Don't they know that church gives out those T-shirts for free? And now people who don't go to our church get one of our T-shirts. How dare they? You see, it's human nature for us to separate, even isolate ourselves from people that we fear or we simply don't understand. Or maybe they're just different. We separate from them. And the hardest question maybe you need to ask yourself today is, who are those people for you? Who are the people that honestly you're glad you don't see them in church? Who are the people that if you drove up to church on a Sunday morning and saw many of them going in the front door, you may consider not getting out of your car? Who are the people that when we say invite someone to Easter, they're not on your list? Who are the people you're secretly thankful that we haven't made you uncomfortable to be around? You've got to answer that question. Are you white? And they're not. Are you black? And they're not. Are you poor? And they're not. Are you straight? And they're not are you Christian and they're Muslim? Who is it that if you came in and saw many of them sitting in church, you would wonder how safe you are or your kids? We separate, we isolate. And if we're not willing to be honest about it, we can't fix it. Here's the truth. Religion simply becomes a dividing line. We draw lines of people who look like us, act like us, and make us feel safe. And we do not reach out to those that we separate from because we wouldn't feel as safe when we do. Second truth, our separation drives away others. Our judgment drives away others, our separation drives away others. And the third thing that ends up happening as a result of that is we become hypocrites. Now, that's your encouraging word of the day. I know you all got up this morning and said, wow, let me go to church and be told that we're hypocrites. Sorry for that. But once again, the good news is you didn't create this either. Matter of fact, some really good, powerful disciples did this. Matter of fact, one of them, his name was Peter, and he wrote part of the Bible. So if he can still make writing the Bible after acting like this, there's good news for all of us, okay? So don't beat yourself up too much. But I do want to share with you the story. So here's how it goes. But when Cephas, who was also known as Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. And I is Paul. Paul is writing this here. And he says, I oppose him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. All right, let me set the stage for you. James is the half-brother of Jesus, and he's the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the center of the Jewish world, so kind of whatever James says is basically the right answer. And and so they would go to James and Jerusalem, and they'd get together when they had questions. And so all of the religious people are there. And so what has happened is now some people have come from the big church, right? The main church, right? Like, like there's some little satellite or something. And, and the Jewish people showed up from the big church and as soon as they got there, Peter changed how he was acting. You see, prior to that, he had stopped following all of the Jewish rules. You see, there are some rules for the Jews that say, well, if you want to be right with God, you can't eat pork, and you got to celebrate these festivals, and you got to wear these things, and, and so forth, right? You've heard of some of those. And so when these people showed up, Peter suddenly began changing. It says, Before, but when they came, he drew back and separated himself. Oh, I think we just talked about that, didn't we? He separated himself from the circumcision party And then the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with them. Wow. Turns out our disease can spread. So that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. You see, what happens is that we change our behavior when religious people show up. We become hypocrites. And the real problem with this is the only people that a hypocrite impresses is another hypocrite. God's not impressed. Do you think God was impressed when Peter changed what he was acting? And let me set the stage. This will make this a lot more important if we understand what's going on here. So imagine we're we're over here in Jerusalem. Jesus died, Jesus rose again, and all the disciples are together and they're saying, "What do we do now?" Well, do what Jesus told us to do. Let's go into all the world and tell everybody about Jesus. And Peter says, okay, I am going to go all the way over to this entire region of the world called Galatia and tell them all of the non-Jews, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. They're called Gentiles. I'm going to tell them about how you don't need to be circumcised. You don't have to avoid pork. You don't have to celebrate the festival of the booths. You don't have to wear phylacteries. Here's what you got to do. You got to know Jesus died for you and rose again. I want to go tell And Everybody says, good job, Peter. So Peter goes. And I want you to imagine that Peter's been there now. And he's preaching sermons every Sunday. And he he stands up and he's sounding a little bit like me, but a whole lot better. Like, you know what? Jesus died for you. And Jesus rose again. And that's all that matters is that you know by faith who he is and what he's done. You don't have to go and be a Jew. You just have to follow Jesus. And they're going, wow, this is amazing. We've never heard this before. You mean we're not condemned because we're sinners, but we're actually forgiven? by? That's amazing. And then Jewish people show up. And their own pastor starts acting differently and the sad part is that meant that all of the other people did you catch that all the other jews started doing it with him so everybody who was on his team the whole church staff now everybody who was on their team suddenly starts acting like well got to be circumcised no i can't eat your pork matter of fact i can't even come in your house because you are a gentile how do you think that worked with hey let's talk about what god's doing in your life but i can't be with you how do you think it made them feel when they're remembering what he preached last Sunday? Well, last Sunday, honey, he said that as long as we knew that Jesus died for us and rose again, we'd be saved. But why is he acting different now? Maybe, maybe I misunderstood his sermon. Maybe we need to get circumcised and stop eating pork and go over there and act like them. Maybe we need to join their club. After all, they all have the answers and they're all doing that. You want to talk about undermining his ability to reach people? See, when religious people show up and we act differently, we don't, we don't have any power to reach others anymore. I mean, do y'all know what I'm talking about when religious people show up and you act differently? Y'all know you do that, right? We, we do that. We all do that. All right, y'all going to look holy. I'm going to just tell on you then. That's all right. Because see, I've got a special vantage point you may not have because I'm what they call a pastor. And let me assure you, things change when pastors show up. Had a friend of mine who's into whitewater rafting. I love whitewater rafting. And so we had this thing going on uh, in the river down by the zoo. I don't know why people do it. It's called the polar bear plunge. Why anybody said, you know what? Let's go rafting in January and jump out of the boat on purpose. I don't understand, but I'd never done it. And I thought it'd be fun. So I show up to join him, and all this stuff gets all confused, and we end up standing in the parking lot for four hours being the last boat to get in the water. And in the meantime, we're there with everybody else that he works with, and they're telling all these stories and all the things they did. They're telling me what they smoked last night. They're using a lot of F-bombs to do it, and they're just having the time of their life. Now, I don't know why they waited four hours in to ask a question. They should have asked two hours in if they were going to ask it at all, but he finally turned to me and said, hey, what do you do? Oh, your friend, I'm his pastor. You want to talk about behavior changing. Everybody's suddenly like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to speak that. I didn't mean to say that. It's like, wait a minute. You realize God was here when you didn't know I was a pastor. And God's here even now that you know I'm a pastor. So it's not God you're trying to impress. It's just me you're trying to impress. And furthermore, I've never understood why people apologize at that point. You do realize I grew up in humanity. (laughs) I also went to high school. I taught high school. I mean, come on, people. It's not like I've never heard the word. So just because you reminded me that they're still in use isn't really going to change anything. But suddenly, no longer did they want to stand next to me. Their behavior changed. You know how like you invite people to your house, you don't invite the pastor to your house. You know what? Because you don't want the pastor to know what's in your DVD collection. You don't want the pastor to accidentally see where you had the rum when he shows up. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We change the way we act because we're religious. Changes how we treat others. Third truth, our hypocrisy drives away others. Our judgment drives away others. Our separation drives away others. Our hypocrisy drives away others. And as a result, we can't reach anybody. Tell people sometimes, you know, we say things like, hey, invite somebody to Easter. Hey, here's a card. Tell them about our new series. Hey, invite your friend to church. And people will say things to me like, oh, I'm so, I I can't invite anybody to church. I mean, I, I don't do everything right. Like, I'm in the Army. I'm a sergeant. And I don't know if you know this, Pastor, but, like, there's a different language in the Army, if you know what I mean. Like, I could never invite those people to church after what they heard I say lovely. And then there was people, oh, sure, I'll be glad to invite somebody to church because, you know, I mean, I wear my T-shirts and i got a Bible on my desk and they know I go to church and everything. And I'm like, it's Wow. Let me just tell you this. If you think you've got it all figured out and you can invite somebody to church, you're the one they don't want to hear from. Because somewhere along the way, you are the critical, judgmental, arrogant person. You're the Pharisee in the story. You may not see it because you don't notice it. You've become blind to it. But the people at work are like, oh, here they come again. Because they've seen you at some point act like a hypocrite. They've seen you act like you're all holy, but then figure out how you can sneak out of work early when the boss isn't there. They've seen you say that God loves everybody and you would love everybody too, except when it's time to figure out who's going to launch and you're like, let's sneak out before they know we're going. We don't want them to go. If you really want a chance to impact people, be honest about how messed up you are. Be the tax collector. Hey, you know what? I ain't got my language all figured out. And I'm not very good at this thing. Matter of fact, at least two days a week, I can't remember where I put my Bible. But I'll tell you what, if you want to go to a church where you can figure out if God loves people like you and me, I'd like to invite you. That works. That works. But our judgment, our separation, and our hypocrisy, that doesn't. It'll never work. And in the rare event that we even try, there's one last thing I need to warn you about. In the rare event, we even try to reach out to people after we're judgmental and we separate from them and then we become hypocrites. And then we actually say, oh, well, you know, the pastor said we had to invite somebody, so I'm going to give it my best shot. What we do is we introduce them to our religion, not our God. We introduce them to our religion, not our God. And if you want to know the difference, you see, religion says, you're breaking a rule. Let me tell you how to be like us. The gospel says, Let me tell you what God has done for you and how to be like him. And if you're wondering, well, wait a minute, I don't think I'm being religious. Well, let me just ask you a question. When you think about inviting someone to church, when you are praying for someone to to come to know Jesus, what criteria do you use to put them on your list? I mean, do you invite every person you know? No. Do You invite every, every human you come across? No. So what criteria makes them a candidate for your evangelism? And now those little thoughts start going through your head. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be harsh, but we think, well, you know, I remember I came into work last Monday and said, hey, what'd you do yesterday? He said, well, I went fishing all day. Oh, you went fishing? That means you didn't go to church, you're a rule breaker. Rule breaker. Let me tell you how to look like one of us. We go to church every week. You want to come to church with me next Sunday? I'm praying for you. Well, I've also noticed you got a yin-yang tattoo on your arm there. Yep, uh-huh. See, we look at the rule breakers and figure out they're the ones... We have a lady who came for her second time today and she came up after the other service when I preached this and she, she's almost full body tattoos and, and she came up and and uh, she, somebody at work had invited her and, and she's a very godly woman. She's a great lady. And uh, this other woman last week, because this was her second time she came the first week, came to us. I, I would have would have never thought you'd go to church. So well, what do you mean? I'm a, I'm a Jesus follower. She said, well, you know, with your tattoos and all. Really? We, we still live in that? Yes, we do. We still live in that era. You may not have a problem with tattoos. You have a problem with something. The question is what? And since we introduce them to our religion and tell them what rule they're breaking and how they don't conform to us, then guess what they reject? Our religion. Not our God. Just our religion. Who wants to be on the inside of a club that acts that way? So... Here's the good news. I'm going to finish with the good news. There is good news. It doesn't have to be this way. And there is a better way. And I want to give you some really simple little things that I think will help us. I mean, this is so simple, it's not even worth writing down. See others as God sees us. See others as God sees them. Because when we begin to see others differently, we will treat them differently. And when I talk about seeing others, I don't mean being ignorant of the fact that yes, there are people who don't know God and need to know him. I'm not saying you become blind. What I'm saying is you see what God sees, which is not who they were and what they did, but who they will become because of him. You don't look at someone and count them out. Oh, you're too far gone. There's no way you could come to my church. You, You just, you wouldn't even if I invited. No, 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 don't say no for people. Invite. See others as God sees us. Give grace to others as God gives grace to us. Forgive others as God forgives us. Y'all see how easy this is? Love others as God loves us. Welcome others as God welcomed us. Include others as God includes us. Reach out to others as God reached out to us. Die for others as Jesus died for us. Serve others as Jesus served us. This is, like I said, it's not rocket science. When you find yourself this week going throughout the week and you're looking at a person and thinking, I don't know, that person needs you. No, just stop it. I used to be on the outside too until Jesus died for me. So let me tell them about what God has done for them. Because I didn't get on the inside by how well I acted or what, what I did. No, the line of outside the kingdom and inside the kingdom is those who recognize Jesus, died for them, and lives for them. And if you're worried about the line of outside and inside the cool Christian club, you're drawing the wrong line anyway. There's only one line. It's the kingdom of God. That's what matters. Until we see as God sees, we won't treat others as God treats them. Here's the good news. If we kill our religion, there will be a sign, right? That's our goal—to seek out and destroy religion. Here's going to be the sign: when you see someone who is so different from you that you normally would not think to invite them to church. Matter of fact, you normally would think, "Man, that person over there just—they get—they what, they deserve what's coming to them. They've rejected God, and all—they oh, just—they deserve what." When you normally would have those kind of thoughts, when you kill your religion, you'll suddenly feel compassion. When you kill your religion, you will reach out to those on the outside because you'll remember you used to be there. When you kill your religion, you will open whatever... No, 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 actually, you will destroy whatever walls stand between you and those on the outside that don't look like perfect little Christians because you will remember that you too used to not be one. So the question today is for you to ask the Holy Spirit, who do I see and treat differently? Because of my religion. Who do I see and treat differently because of my religion? And as you answer that question. And you think about the people who have blasphemed God. Who blow their horn at you as you turn into a church and wave a special finger at you. And, and the people who, who curse at you because you're a Christian. When you think about those and you think they're just, they're They're the bottom. They're the they're not no they, they wouldn't come to church if I invited them. Or you see their dress code or you know they're from the Middle East or whatever you think they would never come. I just want to remind you I'm going to close with something Jesus said. Whatever you do to the least of these. Not the best of these. Don't look for people that look like you and look like they go to church and look like they're safe and got it all figured out. Whatever you do to the least, the ones who are least worthy in your eyes of your effort, of your attention, of you reaching out to them. Jesus says, whatever you do to the least of these. The ones you judge the most and understand the least are the ones who need him most of all. Religion changes how we see and how we treat others. Let's kill that. You with me? Let's seek out and destroy treating others with contempt. I want to close by talking to one group of people here today. All throughout everything I've been saying, I've been throwing out these little phrases you don't go to heaven based on all the things you do right. That all you need to know is that Jesus died for you and he rose again. And he's willing to exchange a life with a destiny in hell for one in heaven. Eternity and being right with God. And I grew up in the Bible Belt going to church my whole life. And somehow I didn't understand that this was an individual thing. You know, I'd go to church and hear people say, you know, Jesus died for us. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Like I'm just on some big school bus, and as long as I'm on the bus, I'm good to go. Jesus did die for us, but he died for us one at a time. And so every single one of us has to respond one at a time. And you have to look down the corridors of time and allow 2,000 years to just collapse together and look at Jesus on the cross and say, thank you for dying for me. Now, I want to live for you. And if you've never done that, I want to help you do that here this morning. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to come down front. You don't have to do anything weird or embarrassing. We're all going to pray right where we're seated. Would you join me? Let's pray. Say something like this to yourself and to God. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. And I do want to live for you. I want you to be my king. I thank you for paying a penalty I could never pay. I thank you for your love, your mercy and my forgiveness. And I have one simple prayer today, that you would give me a life of great meaning and great purpose in your kingdom. Amen. Let's celebrate with those people. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. For more information about us, you can go to gracelife.me. That's gracelife.me. You can also follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Grace Life Me and on Twitter at Grace Life Church.